You're listening to In Network, Nordic's podcast series where we explore healthcare and technology with experts from around the globe. Hello, and welcome to the In Network podcast feature, Making Rounds. I'm Nordic's head of thought leadership, Dr. Jerome Pagani. I recently sat down with Kevin Erdahl and Michelle Perinelli. Kevin worked in data analytics and reporting at Mayo Clinic for nearly a decade and now leads a team at Nordic that works strategically with healthcare organizations to build and support digital and cloud solutions to transform their operations. Michelle has more than a decade of health performance improvement experience, helping organizations discover inefficiencies and recoup lost revenue through data-driven solutions. In today's podcast, we talk about the modernization of business intelligence, or BI. We discuss what state-of-the-art analytics used to be, current stage of data usage in healthcare and how it compares to other industries, the true meaning of BI modernization, a typical modernization journey, and what BI modernization allows healthcare systems to achieve that they previously couldn't. Time to make rounds. Hey, Kevin, Michelle, thanks so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Kevin, we have a perspective around modernizing healthcare infrastructure and um, getting to the right architecture to support business intelligence modernization. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what's on our clients' minds? Yeah, absolutely. So really, at the end of the day, what we want to do from a business intelligence standpoint is get data in the hands of people to help them make informed decisions, right? So we want to make sure that we're removing the barrier of technology to prevent some of that from happening. So in healthcare, there's tons and tons of data, many different sources. We have to make sure that whatever architecture we're designing is also going to be able to scale over time. And that becomes critically important when we start coming across net new use cases. The other piece of the puzzle is that we we have to have repeatability. So as we start to consolidate data and we make data available for a specific use case or maybe a specific user group, we have to be prepared for those next two, three, four, five use cases that are coming down the road. And we want to make sure that we can reuse and repeat some of what we've already started to accommodate the first two or three use cases in that particular example. Um, so really, at the end of the day, it is as simple as making sure data is available to the masses and that we can use some of the business intelligence technologies to put in the hands of the right people at the right time. So what are the first steps that you typically see on that journey towards BI modernization? Yeah, usually we see a a first step of uh, trying to figure out a particular department or maybe a particular user that is trying to get at some very specific information. And then we start getting into the nitty gritty details of what information do they have today uh, versus what are they trying to get towards and what are the barriers preventing them from getting that information. Oftentimes we hear things like I'm using three or four or five different independent reports, oftentimes going to be an operational report. Uh, They don't have a good way to combine the information from those reports into a singular solution. So in that particular example, we might start breaking down to say, well, where is this data originating from? Where is information being entered into a system? And how do we start consolidating that data to then um, build a a singular point of truth, if you will, from a business intelligence standpoint? So that user, instead of trying to use four or five different operational reports, can go to one solution and ask four or five or six different questions of the same solution, um, but get the answers they're looking for from that singular um, solution that they're Uh, comfortable with and they have been trained on and they're going to on a regular basis to get information to uh, help drive the business or help change patient care, whatever the scenario may be that they're responsible for within a health system. From an infrastructure perspective, what's required and, and you know, what's what are the alternatives as folks are, are sort of considering that modernization to support BI? 
Yeah, so for infrastructure, we need to be able to accommodate huge volumes of data, right? So we're seeing a lot of our customers in today's world look to public cloud platforms to accommodate this need and start to create more of these dynamic data platforms. Or in some cases, people are talking a lot about data mesh or data fabric uh, type of strategies to make sure that data is available to support the BI modernization effort going on within the institution. Um, so really, any platform, it doesn't always have to be cloud, but we're seeing a vast majority of our clients look to the, the cloud platforms that can really scale over time and that you can spin up or spin down uh, some of the infrastructure required to support uh, the volumes of data, the various sources of data um, that a lot of our institutions are depending on on a day-to-day basis. So what else do we need besides um, that infrastructure and, and that solid use case to get started? Yeah, really what you want to have is a long-term mindset and a, and a broader strategy, right? So oftentimes there's going to be a singular use case that we can build a, an MVP or a minimal viable product around, which is great. But we also want to start to understand what is the two to three year vision? Um, is there a merger and acquisition on the horizon? Our organization starting to work with other um, entities outside of their organization to ingest data to support things like clinical research? Um, are they trying to de-identify data? Uh, our customers in today's world are getting deep into the de-identification of their data to support things like artificial intelligence. So as we start to think of these different use cases over time, we want to make sure that whatever infrastructure we're building here and now to support those institutional objectives around business intelligence uh, for some of the operational needs, for example, we also want to keep in mind where we might want to go in the next two to three years so that the infrastructure and the overall strategy is supportive of the comprehensive institutional needs. So when we're talking about analytics within a health enterprise, what sorts of things are we talking about? Yeah, that's kind of the the fun part of analytics is it really crosses everything that, that's going on in an organization. You know, we we have all of our clinical analysis operationally. We use it to drive how we're managing the business day to day. And financially, it's important to understand what's the impact of all of the um, items that are going on within the organization. So really, when we talk about analytics, it's, you know, let's understand what's happening today, how we can use that information to understand why things are happening, what can we do to potentially improve performance, and then really use it to drive decision making for how we can offer care in a better way. So how are health systems today using data and and how does that compare to how other industries are using it? It's, It's an interesting dynamic because... Healthcare hasn't had digital and and really electronic information for as long as other industries have. It's a lot of information across a lot of different types of um, data. So even just, you know, being able to have line item data versus a lot of images. Um, Healthcare has a very interesting mix of, of information to take in and really address very specific issues. Uh, when we think about things like the financial sector, They've had information electronically for a long time. Um, They've had a lot of ability to really look at what's the best way for me to use this to drive every decision that's coming across the table. So they've been able to take advantage of, you know, not just visualizations like all of the stock tickers and and logging into your account and being able to see lots of fancy graphs um, anytime that you want. 
they also are getting really into AI and using it to you know, manage entire portfolios, trade stocks without anyone having to get in there and do it manually. And that's really where hospitals and, and healthcare organizations are starting to move towards of we have all of this data. What are the things that we can start to do to really innovate and allow our folks to you know, see that data within their workflow and use it to make decisions? Yeah, and you you brought up one of the challenges that healthcare faces is that the types of data that we have to deal with are a far greater variety than we see in other industries. Does that present some unique challenges for healthcare, and and how does that affect ability to combine and, and interrogate those data? Yeah, it's it's one of the biggest challenges that that healthcare faces is really being able to have clean, normalized data. Uh, It is very difficult uh, when you're working across not only systems, but different clinicians, uh, different, you know, service lines. Not everyone speaks the same language. Not everything is consistently a checkbox that that then can be cleanly reported on. Uh, So there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to really clean up that data, wrangle it in a way that we can make it so that it's easy to report on and actually build analytics from. So Michelle, you mentioned that um, data wrangling is is one of those sort of significant components when it comes to being ready to ask the kinds of questions that the enterprise needs to ask. How significant a lift is that for healthcare? Yeah, so what we still see on a regular basis, unfortunately, is that 80% of the time is spent on data wrangling. And, and that's been a consistent stat now for the last couple of years, whether we're talking BI modernization or artificial intelligence or really even a enterprise data warehouse. A vast majority of the time um, is really spent understanding what is the current state of a particular data set and then how do we curate that data to really support um, the desired output. And that, again, that's been the story now unfortunately, for the last several years. We just feel it a lot more right now um, because we're getting more sophisticated, which is the exciting piece within healthcare, right? We're asking more and we're demanding more of our data. And frankly, we're expecting more. So that part's really exciting. But it kind of goes all the way back to the infrastructure component and creating repeatability. When we do this wrangling one time, we want to make sure that we can support multiple use cases over time. Because uh, at the end of the day, you know, we aren't in finance or, or we're not in retail. Uh, CPT codes and ICD-9 codes codes and ICD-10 codes and LOINC codes and snowbed codes don't map uh, quite as easily as something that would be related to the cost of a particular SKU, for example. So anyway, that's where the repeatability really comes into play. And that wrangling piece is is still happening in today's world. There are a lot of different services and uh, solutions out there to help expedite. But at the end of the day, it's still a very heavy lift uh, that we need to be able to plan for and then support long term. So I hear that part of the answer there is to get that infrastructure that allows you to have a repeatable process. So it's not a a net new lift every time. Uh, Will things like AI and automation uh, end up being useful for speeding up that cleaning process anytime soon? When done right, yes, uh, absolutely. It will be it will be very useful. Uh, we need to be careful, though, on what we're automating. Um, so there's nothing worse than automating a process that is integrating uh, data the wrong way, for example. And I, I know that's a generalized statement, but um, there are some nice net new tools and services coming from big tech specifically right now to help with uh, metadata management in general or, or just data management. 
deployment uh, long-term uh, specific to healthcare, which is not something we had seen in the last even two to three years, right? Uh, more people are putting an emphasis on uh, what it really means to integrate healthcare and or clinical data, um, but also maintain and sustain over time. Again, I kind of go back to where if we do a project in 2021 and we do a lot of this data wrangling, we don't want to have to do that again in 2023 to support a similar or possibly a net new initiative that's just happened to be using some of the same data. So how should health systems be thinking about how to invest in a data infrastructure that support analytics? Yeah, so we talked a lot about scale to date, but we also want to talk about some of those uh, metadata management technologies and services that are out there as well. So it's one thing to have a lot of data in one place. That's very exciting. It can be very helpful, right? But if we don't have a mechanism to monitor data over time, uh, we're, we're really not going to be making any progress, which is the unfortunate reality. So that's where that two to three your picture becomes critically important. Understand what we need to do right now to accommodate a specific use case, some of which uh, Michelle just hit on a minute ago. Um, but also, how are we going to ensure that our data remains healthy, if you will, uh, for the next two to three to 10 years uh, in front of us? So, Michelle, what did the state of the art for data analytics used to look like? Yeah, especially within the healthcare space, a lot of what we were using data and analytics for was really for describing what's been going on. You know, I want to understand what happened yesterday. I want to understand what happened over the last year. And really being able to start visualizing that was a, a big uh, step in the right direction for organizations. Uh, so being able to have dashboards that are integrated into clinical workflows, um, being able to have work lists that people can actively work off of was really the healthcare industry starting to get into, you know, how do I actually use the data on more of a day-to-day -day basis? Um, the thing that we see though, is a lot of what is being worked on within healthcare organizations is really based on what do I absolutely need to do? Which makes sense because we want them to be focused on providing care and you know the patient experience is really one of the biggest um, components. So a lot of times innovating in this space was based on what's the new regulation that I, I have to report on? You know, how do I report on that well? How do I clean my data so that I can submit it in, in the way that's required? And what we really want to start moving towards is, you know, how do we start innovating without having to have that regulatory requirement that, that it's driving this and, and start to move towards, let's use the technology that's available um, for really improving care, uh, as well as understanding what's happening today. Yeah, Michelle, you hit on the submittal piece, right? I remember the days where we were super excited if we could just automate an extract to send to that external agency. That was super exciting because then somebody didn't have to manually run it. Uh, and then we'd be happy to look at those KPIs of what happened last week, last month, last quarter, last year. That's certainly not the case anymore, right? We need to know what's going on here and now. And then also, uh, what do we think is going to happen over the next two weeks or next month? Because that's becoming critically important. Funny how times have changed. So obviously, health systems have been really focused on meeting the regulatory requirements. So for how long have they been using their own data to, to look at either clinical or operational functions? It's a great question. I, I think that it has varied based on how uh, much the organization really understands about the data that they have available and trusts that data. Uh, I think, you know, 
for a very long time within healthcare, people are asking great questions of, you know, if only I knew um, how often I was changing over my OR beds and how quickly I could do that. And what was the time that it took between those? But a lot of times they didn't trust the information. You know, we didn't document it right. I, it's These averages aren't accurate. Um, and I think that it's really been in the last five to 10 years as the EHRs and, and systems have been able to handle um, that type of documentation and be able to report off of that documentation in a better way that organizations have been able to start really looking into those innovative questions and, you know, how do I actually change my actions based on information that I'm able to get out of the system and trust? And while those sort of external reporting out functions have a regular cadence that are sort of dictated, what's the goal for the internal stuff? Are we really trying to get to the point where it is almost real time? Yeah, it is definitely one of those goals. It would be so much better. Um, I always think of, you know, when you swipe your credit card and you get an immediate alert from the bank of, you know, was this you? Is this an accurate charge? Um, those are things that organizations are really trying to move much faster towards of, you know, I'm ordering a test. Um, what are those alerts that should be coming up then? Uh, how do we use data to actually give that provider information on how likely is it that this, you know, is something that you need to consider adding an additional test or a different type of test based on this patient? Uh, so it's really, you know, how do we start to use that information to um, real time uh, alert uh, the users and and have them think about what's the right way for me to treat this patient or um, you know move forward with my day to day. Yeah, Michelle, you hit on that famous word that I love so much: action. Right? Uh, how do we put things in action via whether it happens to be an alert or we can help people utilize the information that's coming to them to create uh, the next step in a particular process? Not everything, of course, has to be real time. To your point, um, but the things that can and should be procedurally that can support a real time action—that's where the analytics really becomes critically important, and we can get that in front of people as quickly as humanly possible. It just uh, creates a better patient experience. So what does a typical BI monetization journey look like? And does it differ if you're starting with a couple of use cases within a department versus going for enterprise-wide transformation? I think it differs in just the scale of, of what you're looking at, but really you want to start with understanding what is our long-term strategy as far as what are the questions we're trying to answer? Um, who's involved? What tools are they using? And then really building out how do we approach this in the most efficient way, given those questions. Uh, so whether it's with a, a department or two or the entire organization, a lot of times we start with what are you trying to accomplish over the next two, three, four years um, to really start to understand what are those key initiatives that are going to be undertaken? What are those key questions that we need specific data to help to support? And then really dive into what tools do we have today and where do we have gaps now that we know what we're trying to get to? So really a lot of it is um, getting to spend a lot of time with the uh, operational and clinical users of this information to see how they're using different analytics tools today, how they're uh, inter interacting with reporting and data, and then looking at uh, what all is has been built so far by the analytics teams to really start to align, you know, how do we 
um, move towards a place that we're focused on building information and using our resources in a way that people are using um, versus having to do one-off build each time a, a new question comes up. Uh, so this is really the approach that we use to, to say, uh, let's take what we have um, today, use it in the most efficient way moving forward, and make sure that our ongoing initiatives are supporting what the organization really wants to accomplish in the next few years. Yeah, very well said, Michelle. I mean, the reality is uh, virtually nobody in healthcare in today's world is starting from nothing, right? There's always been something started, and that's fantastic. So let's make the most of that. We're not going to recreate the wheel in a scenario just for the sake of doing something different. And the other piece that you really hit on that I think has been hitting home with a lot of folks recently is that the technology and what tools are out there. And we're starting to see more and more redundancy. Uh, every two to three years, there's a net new tool that comes out you know, into the market that people get really excited about. And that's fantastic, right? And it might be filling a gap like Michelle said. Uh, but we've seen a lot of scenarios where um, some of the tools are actually starting to really bleed together and be duplicative uh, within a, a singular health system. So how can we make sure that uh, we're helping the, the IT spend, if you will, uh, picture along this journey uh, throughout the entire healthcare organization? Sometimes a particular uh, department might like one BI tool versus another, but at the end of the day, is it really necessary to have two tools doing the same exact thing? So as we start to think about it, like Michelle said, we're taking a half a step back here um, to not only look at the operational components and where the data is coming from, from, but let's look at that technology as well uh, to see where we might be able to save some licensure costs long term and uh, all the while starting to align with the organizational initiatives and making sure that the tools uh, that are being utilized in today's world can accommodate uh, what those initiatives are going to require in months and years to come. So I think you both are touching on what BI modernization can do for a health system that allows them to do things that they couldn't do before. What are some of those typical use cases that you're seeing in our clients that kind of come up all the time? There's so many areas of the healthcare world that are impacted by analytics, but I think that one of the things that we're really seeing um, require that type of real-time reporting, um, real-time access to information is the care coordination space. Uh, so being able to really coordinate not only within your organization, but also with broader, you know, community uh, organizations, with the payer, with the patients themselves, with pharmacies, um, those are the things that without really clean data that can be normalized and understood outside of your organization, there's no good way to really connect the dots there and make it seamless for the patient to be able to say, you know, all right, I got my order from this physician. Now I need to go to this radiology center. I need to call my insurance company to get that authorized. There's so many different pieces of the puzzle and having, you know, a more seamless uh, transition of that data between organizations and, and understanding of it is going to make that process so much better. Yeah, Michelle, that reminded me of, of really two things, right? And, and one, I'll get straight to the point from a healthcare system uh, perspective, what we support on a regular basis. But the other is a real life example, right? When I buy something from Amazon.com or Home Depot.com, for example, I don't care what it takes uh, to fulfill my order, right? I just want my product. And when I think of that as a patient, I don't care what it takes to integrate or to facilitate communication or to transfer data from a payer uh, to a health system to 
to my bank account as I'm paying some bills to uh, my portal app when I'm trying to schedule an appointment, right? So as a patient, I just expect this to happen. Um, and that's what I think we need to primarily focus on um, as we continue to forge ahead in, in a bit of a new area, right, for healthcare in terms of how we're utilizing the data. We've hit on a little bit of the real-time nature uh, in the action-oriented piece of the puzzle kind of within the health system, but also how are we informing some of the, the patients that are coming in the door and we're seeing some of the geofencing and things of that nature that are already starting to help uh, the ease of use from a, uh, an access perspective. So when I go into a health system in today's world, I just expect my provider to already have my information when they need it, which may be real time or maybe it's retrospective from the other health system that I maybe visited three months ago or six months ago. So when we talk about claims integration, when we talk about referrals, when we talk about previous visits, when we talk about family history, things of this nature just have to be inherently available to our care providers. You know, to go along with that, I also want to make sure that there is capacity, right? So uh, we're seeing some of our organizations start to look at making real-time decisions related to a specific clinic um, based off of patient volumes. So there's a kind of a unique urgent care example that's come up in the last six months or so that we've been helping out with where patient volume spiked, right? And we saw some of this during the pandemic or we've seen some of this um, during some of the COVID testing uh, as examples as well. So how do we take that data, that information, and then deploy net new resources? It might be nurses, it might be front desk staff, it might be an opportunity for us to maybe reconsider a kiosk at a given location. That's all data driven, right? We, we need to be able to understand what's happening over time, but also the here and now. And if we need to solve a problem within the health system, we can use that information and say, okay, let's deploy some of the folks that we know can help the patients that are at that particular uh, physical facility in this particular example. So just one specific use case that we've seen come up, we've seen a little bit more of the command center conversation come up uh, within a lot of our clients in today's world as well. Um, that's a really big conversation that does start to get beyond some of the traditional analytics. But the point being, how do we create that action to really support patient care? Uh, and that means not just, you know, the physicians and the nurses and the front desk staff, but really at the end of the day, um, providing the needs for that particular patient as they're walking in the door. I think those are some great examples of how um, health systems are beginning to use data in ways that impact patient care, make care delivery more efficient, and um, actually improve the overall function of the mm -hmm. enterprise. So th those are fantastic. With the Amazon example, I think you raise a really interesting point, which is that these are um, businesses that are designing for a particular experience, and they're using data at, at every step to make sure that that experience is smooth. And they're getting to the outcome that they want. And that's what we ultimately want to do with healthcare is get people to be engaged with their health on a regular basis and stay healthier for a longer mm -hmm. period of time. So it provides that great prevention lens. But then you're also talking about making sure that once somebody is sick, they return to their maximum level of health as soon as possible. Yeah, that's why we're in the game, right? Uh, to make sure that we're actually supporting uh, those of us that need the help and the guidance from the healthcare providers. That's really where we're going to start to make a difference and an impact on the society as a whole. And I, I you know, we, we mentioned some of the um, nice retail experiences that folks are having, but I think that's an important point because some of those same folks are looking to get into healthcare as well. And they've been able to create that seamless experience elsewhere. And so our clients really need to be thinking about how they are going to modernize their enterprise to do the same. 
Yeah, we hear a lot, right, that uh, healthcare is a couple of years behind in some cases, some of the other uh, industries, retail, finance, what have you. Uh, let's use that to our advantage, right? Let's figure out what others have done. Let's figure out how uh, others have had success in a similar fashion and, and learn from it and apply it. Uh, we can do it a little bit quicker. And one of the interesting things that that this brings up as far as there's a, a lot of great solutions out there that are being used by other industries is now all of those, you know, solutions are are coming up to how do we actually apply this in healthcare? There's a lot of third parties out there that are bringing very targeted solutions to our healthcare providers and saying, you know, hey, I have this amazing tool that's going to help you, um, you know, get that referral this much faster from your physicians. Um, but all of these are introducing new technologies, new systems that have to be integrated to the existing systems, um, you know, potentially new data points that now people are going to want to be able to report on in addition to their core systems. So a big piece of this is really understanding what are those additional tools that, you know, really are going to be worthwhile? How do I measure that those tools are, are going to give me that return that, that we were expecting to see? And then how do I actually integrate it into my existing systems in a way that makes it seamless for our providers? Yeah, that's a f fantastic vision for what the future of health is going to look like. So this conversation really satisfies the scientist slash nerd in me. Um, when I was in grad school, I had a, a, a mentor who, when anytime he was asked about what the lab did, would just say data, data, data. And <laughs> so I'm really excited for how BI modernization is going to change the way healthcare entities really interact with um, their own uh, data sets and, and the way that's going to transform patient care. Yeah, data can be a new form of currency, right? Within healthcare, it can help us in a lot of different ways. So it's a very exciting time, and it's uh, very exciting to see people jump on board and, and start to learn more about how we can utilize data differently and how we can look at data as a true asset. Uh, it's a fantastic time to be in this field right now, and can't wait to see where we're going to be here in the next three to five years. Yeah, I love that perspective. Our, our clients are sitting on a, um, a pile of riches just with all of the, the the vast amount of clinical and operational data that they're sitting on. That's exactly right. We just need to unlock it. Kevin, Michelle, this is absolutely fascinating. Thanks so much for joining me today. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check back for more episodes of Making Rounds wherever you listen to podcasts or on nordicglobal.com. Till next time, we'll see you in network. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. This helps others find the podcast as well.